the name of God the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be, be seated. Today is, the first, today is the first Sunday in Advent. Uh, we're beginning a new Christian year. We'll be reading a new gospel. We've been reading Matthew. We'll start reading the gospel of, according to St. Luke. And uh, we begin the Christmas year by getting ready to remember, and that is to be reconnected to the first advent, the first coming of our Lord Jesus Christ as a babe in Bethlehem. He came at first in great humility. He came as a, a babe in a manger. He came as a naked man hanging on a cross. He rose from the dead. He appeared to his disciples. He promises to come again to bring to a perfection and completion that which he has begun. He's inaugurated his kingdom, and his kingdom will come on earth as it is in heaven. It's important to remember that, 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 that heaven is the place where the saints are waiting and from which God will bring his future. And uh, the vision of the Bible is not that the earth finally shall be destroyed in some great cataclysm. The vision of the Bible is that the human heart will be remade, the human community will be remade. Even now, this is going on. This is why we are here. In him, we're being transfigured and transformed and being made fit for the life of the kingdom, which has both come and is coming. And finally, uh, he will come, and there will be the final contest between good and evil. And the enemies of God will finally be cast away. And there'll be a final judgment. There'll be a final sorting. There's going to be a final judgment for you and a final judgment for me. A final sifting, a final sorting. Anything that is of darkness will be put away. And everything that is of light will be brought in. And everything that stands against the purposes of God will be put away. And everything that conforms to God's perfect plan will be brought in. And history will have an end. It will have an end not only as a period, as a finale, but it will have an end as a perfection, as a consummation. And all of that, well, it, it is being revealed and it will finally be revealed. There's this word in the Bible, a Greek word, the word apocalypse. Uh, the last book of the Bible is the revelation of St. John. The, the Greek word there is apocalypse. It means literally the veil goes up. It, it means literally an uncovering. And even now, things are being revealed. Things are being uncovered. And there'll be a final revelation. There'll be a final uncovering. And they'll look on him whom they have pierced and that they will see that he's the Lord of Lord and the King of Kings and the Lord of Glory and that he surely will come 
and bring to a perfection and a consummation the work that he has begun. And his great sacrifice of love and the power of his resurrection and the work of the Holy Spirit will finally make the whole heavens and the whole earth new. And the presence of God will cover the earth as the, as the waters cover the sea. And the prophets of the Old Testament tell us what that will be like. There will be no hurting or killing. Uh, death itself will be wiped away. They will not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain. They will study war. No more. So, during this Advent time, we're reminded that we live between these two comings, the first coming of the Lord in his humility, and the second coming in power and glory. And this is the time, this is the last time, however long it lasts, it's the last time, it's the last epoch, it's the last era of history. It's the time in which it is possible for both men and women, and for nations, to choose between light and darkness, between good and evil. It is the time when the power of God and the power of the evil one struggle for control of this world and we'll give ourselves either to the one or to the other. It is the time when God works in history to reveal and uncover that which is good and to reveal and uncover that which is weakened and wicked and doomed. We're reading now during this Advent season apocalyptic material. This section that we have in St. Luke's Gospel today is called The Little Apocalypse in St. Luke. It's, a, it's, a, it's a, uh, a, a scene that we're being given in the scripture today where the veil is being lifted and we're able to see how things really are. And also, as St. John is on the island of Patmos in the Lord's day and he has a vision and the heavens open up and uh, he looks into heaven and the angel says to him, I'll show you what must take place. Now this, this literature of the Bible, the apocalyptic, it's not meant to terrify us. It's meant to sober us. The struggle is real between good and evil. The struggle is real between light and darkness. The peril of our soul is real. The, the time for choosing and decision is now. The time to avail of ourselves of all the ordinary means of grace that this Savior who has given himself for us might be at work in our hearts and amongst us to cleanse us and to purify us and to make us ready to dwell with him forever. It's meant to sober us, this literature, but it's not meant to terrify us. And it's meant not only to sober us, but it's meant to give us hope. God has a plan. God is in control. Here's the great Advent image that we have over our high altar, and there he is. The one who has come, who has died, who has risen, who has ascended, and is coming again with his saints in his vanguard, that his kingdom might come on earth as it is in heaven, and that all things might be transfigured, and changed, 
perfected, and God might bring to consummation his perfect plan. This image is on the one hand to make us sober that we might be able to lift up our heads. Well, we should lift them up because the one is, who is coming is one that we know. The one who is coming is our friend. He says to us, I do not call you disciples anymore, but I call you friends. The one who is coming is one whose voice we know. We hear it in the words of the scripture. The one who is coming is someone who feeds us week by week. It's the king of love who is coming. We should be sober, we should be watchful, we should be ready, but we should not be terrified, we should be hopeful. And we should know that in the world there will be struggles, there will be trials, there will be tribulations. Nations will rise and nations will fall. Things will seem to go forward and things will seem to go backward. We're not to faint. We're not to be terrified. We're not to live as people without hope. This vision that we have in the Bible of, of the God of love who has a perfect plan for rescuing, redeeming, and remaking you and me and his whole good creation. This plan, this vision saves us from two visions of the world and of world history that vie for dominance in the contemporary soul of humanity. One is a kind of a naive uh, optimism. My family and I have been watching the first Star Trek, I don't know if there's any Trekkies out there, but we've been watching the first Star Trek uh, series has been remastered and it's on television. And there is a kind of naive optimism about that. You know, that we're going to outgrow war, we're going to get, we're, we're, it's just human, there's something about human history, there's an inner dynamic to it, and uh, uh, in the past, all the evil lies in the past, all the good lies in the future. And inevitably, we're going to progress and develop. In the 19th century, it was still possible for people to say every day in every way we're getting better and better. And then came World War I, and then World War II. And the faith, both in God and in human progress, gets shaken. And it turns out that a kind of uh, naive belief in uh, inevitable progress is not it's not adequate, it's not robust enough to cope with the complexities of history and the fact that every advance that humanity makes, every innovation, every technological innovation gives us scope for not for great good, but also gives us scope for great evil. It takes um, scientific man, rational man, technological man, managerial man to give you the ovens of Auschwitz and the bombs over Japan. So um, that's one vision that's not adequate to reality. 
But then when people get to the bottom of that vision, they fall into the other one, which is that uh, a, a, a cynicism, a despair, a kind of conviction, instead of there being inevitable progress, there's inevitable meaningless catastrophe. Neither of these are the true story of the world. The true story of the world is that the world is created by a living God, that it has fallen into sin, that it is besieged by evil, and that God has acted decisively to rescue us, and that he's giving us time to prepare ourselves for the perfection of his plan and the bringing to pass of his perfect victory. So we should um, not, uh, you know, have a naive optimism about human progress, but neither should we fall into cynicism and despair and, 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 and nihilism and um, think that it, it, we're, we're doomed to sort of an inevitable cataclysm or that at the very least after millions of years the thing will just simply wind down. The world can't remember the story of the Bible. Our civilization cannot remember the story of the Bible. So it keeps telling these sort of half-remembered tales. It's interesting, during the Advent season, when the church in her ancient calendar is always returning to the story of the first coming and the second coming, that the world will, you can count on it, put a movie out about a final cataclysm. Uh, we went to the movie house the other day, and we were watching the trailers, and uh, there's a movie coming out called Moonfall. We're not going to go to the moon. The moon's going to come to us. I think this is the mother of all asteroid impact movies. It's a, um, what, is it, what is going on there? What is going on there is that uh, the, the culture is trying to give expression to a kind of despair about the fate of the world. We are not to be people of naive hope, nor are we to be people of despair. We know there will be great turmoil. We know there will be great distress. We know that there will be a final struggle between good and evil. Hold up your head, look up high, for your Redeemer cometh. And even now, even now, while we stand here on a Sunday morning, the veil is being lifted. And as we hear the words of the scripture, and as we break the bread of the sacrament, the veil is being lifted from our eyes. And we see who is who. And we see what is what. And we see who we are. And how our world is. And the great need that we have for the Savior who comes, who is already in our midst, judging and saving and renewing, and will surely accomplish every promise he has made and establish his kingdom, and he will reign forever and ever. And of his, of his government, there shall be no end. In the name of God the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.